1: We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Once again, for the second episode in a row, we only have one win to talk about. It was a good win. It was a nice Good comeback win, a much-needed win. Obviously, don't get swept at home by the Blue Jays. Ben Intendi, first big hit as a Yankee. Trevino stepping up huge, closing out that game. Like, really great positive things from that win yesterday. But, oh, my God, is the rest of it dog shit. Good morning, Scott. Good morning. They had to they had to salvage that. And I, and I tweeted that it. it does make me happy. And, you know, after a player's meeting and all these things, the new guys step up with uh to to show to earn their pinstripes to get their Yankees moment, whatever. But uh Benintendi and I mean Trevino, he's the one that's surprising me the most, to be honest. I I wasn't very high on him. But man, two and a third, that's a nut up performance right there, if I ever seen one. But I mean coming in, understanding where the bullpen is, um, Boone just stays with him, which everybody's just like ready to kill, ready to kill. But at the same time, like who are you who are you going to? Who are you going yeah. to? So yeah, awesome, Attendee, That shot was just like authority. He, 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 he. It's like he walked up there knowing, goddamn, he was gonna do exactly what he did. Well, you know what? That reminded me because he hit so many home runs as a Red Sox against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. It's just like his swing. He doesn't. He even talked about this when he came over from Kansas City. It's like I'm not a power hitter. And Kansas City's ballpark is huge. Like, I'm not going to hit home runs there, but Yankee Stadium, he can pop a few. Yeah. He's been pretty disappointing. Like, we're going to talk about the entire lineup and the numbers. Like, Benintendi, since the trade has been really bad. Like, not what we thought we were getting. But yes, that is a huge moment. Maybe that lifts some sort of monkey off of his back and he can start to go because I mean they need guys, they need guys to start stepping up. They need, they need Pieces in this lineup to start hitting. Like I don't care how good the starting pitching is on certain days. I don't care. Like yeah, the bullpen can step up. When you score, it was like one in one point eight runs or something like a game over the past like two weeks or something. You're not going to win any games that way. So it doesn't matter. Like we can, we're going to talk about all the stuff. We're going to talk about Boone because I have some thoughts on Boone. But ultimately, when the offense was that piss poor bad, nothing matters. No, that's it. You guys got to play. At some point, at some point, you have to perform, and you have to hit the ball and score runs for, uh, for for your team. Bottom line, like that's it. We can we can point to all the injuries that have occurred, but you know, for the most part, this season has been uh, pretty the good. Injuries are not an excuse. I don't want to interrupt. Like they're not an, an excuse. There's enough guys in that lineup to hit. Okay, no, no, this no, is not an excuse. I'm saying uh, I'm more saying you can point to them as an excuse, but it's not one. Is what I was going to say before you so yeah. rudely interrupted me the 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 opportunity that they have in front of them with the guys that are there still still able to score runs like no problem there Boone's not wrong when he says some of the things that he says in certain ways because there are certain sentiment to the guy gotta do the thing you gotta do the thing you gotta you gotta hit the ball that's it and yesterday they hit the ball at opportune times and they won the game so you know they didn't it's not like they put up a ten spot. They put up a four spot, and uh, and it came late in the game. But you know what it did? It was it was a an opportunity for a new guy to step up in a huge moment, and he did. So hopefully they can get off. Hopefully they can push push off of this and and push it forward. You know, hopefully we the line in the sand is the Paul O'Neill, the the day the warrior. That's what I love. I love the 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 behind the the scene sentiment of the warrior and getting that victory. Right, you gotta you gotta use that as a springboard. Oh yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> First time he's in the building in like two and a half years, yeah. right? Who is like, this guy? <laughs> <laughs> he's talking about how he's gonna have to parachute in. I don't know if they're gonna let me through the doors when I get there. Yeah, the Paul O'Neill stuff. Um, uh, obviously, I uh, I think I've said this on the show a number of times. He was he was my guy when I was younger. Uh, we're all Jeter fans because Jeter was 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 the the number one guy in the yankees everyone obviously loved the core four but but o'neal was my guy i was a sucker for the emotion that he showed in the dugout and the frustration that he showed and the leadership that he provided so so i was i was getting the feels watching the montage of o'neal you know anytime he'd go out there with a busted up hamstring or something and still run around make awesome plays in the outfield dive into second base all that stuff uh, but the big takeaway from the O'Neill ceremony is how just just getting shredded by by the audience and i i posed the question do you think hal cares that he's walking out there getting booed because i know for a damn fact if george walked out there and got booed that would get to him okay that he that would not sit well with him but i i genuinely wonder if hal cares so you're saying, asking if he cares, like, does it hurt his feelings? Do, does it, does it? You're getting booed he, by 50,000 people. Okay. In like your no matter the setting in your stadium. Yes. The ironic thing is they all paid money to come in. Like all of them are paying you to boo you. Right. Like at the end of the day, but still that can't, it that has to, to bother. I hope that bothers. It should bother you. If you're a human being and you get booed in the place that you, are are in charge of yeah probably the reason why you're getting booed is because they're unhappy with your performance they're unhappy with something that you're doing and if that's the case then yes you should listen to your customer and say why are you booing me oh it's because we're not winning cuz we're not putting we're not we're not putting all of the efforts towards winning and doing the things that we need to be doing as as winner as the New York Yankees that's what a lot of fans think but you know what? Hal did a lot of those things. I I don't disagree. I don't. He's not wrong in his head. Like he put things out there to make this team better. They went out and got got pe- uh, pieces that they needed. We're booing the fans. He's just a representative right now of the fans. Like there's, he's spending money. I'm booing the fans? What do you mean? Uh, the players. The fans are booing the yeah. players. Sorry. No, that was going to be my next question because Cashman was not on the field, but he was announced at, at some point or, or Brian Cashman, the, he got, Brian Cashman got booed too. Like whenever his name was mentioned, he got booed as well. Because the guys you brought over are not doing their job. They're, they're not, not doing a, what they're supposed I know. to be so, doing. so my next question was going to be like, I understand why Hal was booed, but like, is he even the right guy to be booing? I, I don't think so. He's a suit. I think every Yankee suit at this t- in today's baseball who walks yeah. out of that field is getting booed. I don't care okay. if if your name Fair is enough. Steinbrenner or trust, you're getting booed. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but but like do you think he cares? Not really. Like yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think so. I don't think he I, I, he's I don't still don't think the owner so either. Yankees. But he, but like I think he's uh, confident in what he's doing. Right. That's the thing. Um he he's going to stick to his Guns, he, he he believes in the plan that he's got and, and that I know, I don't know, I believe that Hal and ownership is satisfied making money year in and year out, being competitive year in and year out. But the the desire and the, the need to win a championship at all costs, I do not believe is there. It's kind of unfair to say right now, though, to be honest, because they went out and did the things that they... We all look at the at, at the time at, at the moves that were made at the deadline at the off, at the acquisitions, all of the things, and this team is good. This team, this team should be good. Let me rephrase that. That's this what team they want, though. They want a good team. Good. They don't want a bad team. No shit. But they should be. They should. They're at a level where they could win a championship. That that is the type of caliber Are on they? this team. We, I mean, we all were convinced of that after the first three months of the season. But, uh, but like, yes they, I are. Think yes. A legit- yes, they have the talent to win. Absolutely. They do. I'm not, a, I'm not like, I thought definitely like this is a world series caliber team. How could you not? They're winning 70% of their games. Well, but we're looking now, at, ownership. they're not a, they're not a 300%, uh, th- they're not a 30% win team either, but split the difference. We're looking at ownership and what ownership can control. And that means spend money on players to make you better. This roster on paper is very, very good. The everything about it is very good on paper. There's no reason why this last month should have happened. Bottom line, no. But, there's, but guess what? There's no reason it did. I know it did. I I saw it. It happened. It was not fun to watch. But you keep saying. But you say on paper. Guess what? The, the 18, 19, 20, and 21 teams were also good on paper. Correct. But not and, as good. Specifically, the 20 and 21 teams were not good on the field. The 18, 19 teams were obviously good on the field. They fell short and in they, some areas. And they thinking in theory fixed the problems that we said were problems. They went out and did the thing. They offered Judge a massive contract. Was it enough? Obviously not, but it was a pretty it was a, it was a competitive contract. It was one that we all thought it was not an insulting contract. We thought it was a good offer at the time. I mean, yeah. granted, they do have to redo how they I mean, the Braves the way that they're signing players that are 23 years old, 22 years old for ten plus years is ridiculous, and they're. And I they're think there's like hypnotizing people down there or something. Like, well, are are they drugging the agents to like getting them to agree to this? I, I, I guess when you're 22 years old, and you're like, well, I could blow up my knee tomorrow and then never see a dime. So like, this is guaranteed money. Like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I, I get that that perspective. Whatever but. they're doing, whatever whatever they're doing, yeah. it's working, and they're doing a very good job. And they're going to be nasty for the next like six years. It's a, that's a really long time to have a nucleus in today's age of baseball. with free agency the way it is anyway i digress the yankees were were doing they don't want to do a brave spot the the yankees were doing a good job and obviously i we i I was happy with the way things went down i'm not going to sit here and and throw shit at, at at hal steinbrenner for not spending money and and booing him because of that it's not his fault that these players are playing like ass But uh, what about? uh, You're right. They're booing a suit. Okay, so let's lump Cashman and and Hal together as the suit that is the entity that is getting booed, right? And what about like some decisions that maybe people are not happy with? Not necessarily the guys that they acquired, but they see Montgomery get traded, and he's pitching to like a .54 ERA right now. That trade looks that one pisses everybody off. That one. Yes, left a sour but taste in everybody. Also, mouth. like Gallo was getting consistent playing time pretty much up until the last two weeks before he was here for, for no reason. He could have been shipped out earlier, or maybe you could just say, "Oh, well, they wanted to get money for him." That could be something you point to hell and be like, "Just eat the money." When a player is that detrimental to your everyday lineup, who cares about the four million dollars? Just get them, get them out of there. What about the fact that they're maybe delaying calling up uh, Peraza and Volpe? for for service time manipulation. Now, it, it might be because they're not ready and they need to, to get We've through the, steps the minor leagues. I, I know that, but but you just mentioned the Braves. The Braves call guys up from, from AA and then sign them to 10-year deals. Okay, so like it's not impossible. Y- your favorite player of all time, Greg Bird, got called up from AA. Yeah. And we all know how successful that was. It was amazing. So he was really good in 2015. But my point is- Oh my is, God, 2015. That's, that was when he was called up. That's when Tashera got injured, and 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 uh, the 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 bird the bird era began and ended. <laughs> but what about the fact that they might be looking at that and like okay they 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 called up some young guys this past week, florel and Cabrera. Cabrera, is like I don't know. I love I love this guy's energy. He's running around the field every right field, robbing home runs, third base, jumping into the wall, making catches, shortstop. Pulling, pulling the Jeter jump throw, like exciting player, but like that's not the prospect fans are waiting for. So maybe as they're as also they following that. Though. Right? They they've now realized there's an O at the end of his first. Name. Whoops. Yeah. No. I mean, I I have no problem with, with with what they're doing. I have no problem. Really? Would you have booed? Would you have booed if you were there? Yeah, probably. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> And unless you're sitting in legend seats, you're booing. <laughs> Do you think it was? You're awkward kind of booing at the moat too, you know. You think it was awkward for O'Neill? He's like, he's like, we booing right now. Like, no, because I think O'Neill like- understands it. O'Neill's like, yeah, all right, I get it. <laughs> what did you think of? I, he was pretty nervous during his speech. I thought even like even was, the lead up, you know, this whole week they they were you could tell that behind the scenes he he was talking to Kay and Meredith and. Flaherty, whomever, about the nerves, you could tell, because they were razzing. And they were they were they were definitely making it a point to be like, you know, big deal. I don't know if your number is going to fit in there, all, all these things. So I thought it was cool. It, you could tell how much of a big deal it meant it was to him. And, and I love, uh, I get chills when I say things like this because of the, the, those 90s teams, man, just like cut deep on me. The, uh, so it was awesome. Uh, you know, I love, I love hearing him reminisce, seeing his whole family back there. Very cool. Like the fact that his whole family has families now it's like mm. it's like it's it's just it's crazy, but, um, yeah, the water cooler beautiful touch, beautiful touch with the water cooler. um the whole thing was good, I thought uh, it was it was really good. It was really good to see him get get his shine because again, you could just see how much it meant to him personally. do you agree with Mattingly's statement that the O'Neill trade was the second biggest in Yankees history after babe Ruth when I heard that i was like, I was like thinking about that's a I bold was like. Statement. Wait. I was like, holy shit, Mattingly, like calm down. But then I was thinking about it and I was like, I I legitimately do not think the Yankees are the Yankees in the 90s without Paul O'Neill. Like, do they still win a championship? Yeah, probably because the team was that good. But he definitely added a dynamic to that team that you were not going to get from any old right fielder. So like that, I agree with. But it's like, was that is that the second biggest trade in Yankees history? Like, I don't know. I mean, when you look at the result of what happened afterwards, it's it's up there. You, you, you it's not a crazy, it's not as crazy of a statement as it sounds. Because when you hear it, you're like, no, there's no way that that's that's it. And I, I think I've said this in the past, but growing up, Roberto <laughs> Kelly was my guy. <laughs> like, I, I, he was, he was like a 280 hitter, like good defense. Did you hate O'Neill when he came over? I didn't hate O'Neill. I just, I hated the fact that they got rid of Roberto Kelly. Uh for in that trade, I was like I was I wouldn't say devastated, but I was not happy as a as a as a young pup. But uh but yeah, it worked out. Logan, you got something on this?
2: Yeah, so I I kind of was thinking about it too. Um and they did trade for Roger Maris. So that might <laughs> okay. you know, so that, that might be two, but I mean okay. you could I mean it's a conversation at the very least, and if it's not two, it's three probably. So, How
1: many championships did they win with Roger Maris? Two championships, I think. I so don't know if it was I two. Can look. They won four with O'Neill. Obviously, Roger Maris broke Babe Ruth's record. That's a bigger moment in Yankees history than anything O'Neill did. But I wonder if the the now nah, th- those those late fifties, early sixties Yankees probably don't win those championships without Roger Maris. He was an MVP. So like, I'm not even going to make that argument. Um, but okay, fine. Like I'm also thinking- Mattingly, Mattingly thought about this. It wasn't like Mattingly just That's pulled true. this out of his ass <laughs> and and came out of nowhere. Mattingly is a, a Yankee captain that made a very bold statement. He thought about this one. And they traded for Roger Clemens. Like They did trade for Roger Clemens, yeah, but four, four championships and a culture. I think I think potentially I did a history episode about this. The biggest non-trade in Yankees history was not trading Mariano Rivera to the D- Detroit Tigers. 'Cause that was very close to happening and that was the biggest non trade in Yankees history. Wasn't there someone else in that trade too? Or there there was uh, or the offseason there was other I, thought, in I forget to the exact details of it, and I think it was Mariano Rivera for David Wells, uh, plus some other pieces back in ninety five this was. Yeah. And that would have been disastrous. Well, even, Mariano Rivera was also almost traded. They talked about it in the Jeter that's documentary what I'm thinking of. for the shortstop uh, of the Mariners because uh, of uh, that was in the '96. Was that '96? That, that I think going into '96, it was after Showalter. So, was out. not trading Mariano Rivera twice was the second biggest thing in Yankees history behind Babe Ruth. Yeah, well, and I, you know, Mattingly I think has such a, and and O'Neill has dubbed Mattingly as as uh, his favorite teammate. Posada was up there too, I think, but the, the dynamic Mattingly saw all the bad years. And then, uh, you know, when, when, when he comes over in, uh, 93, then, then you see the shift. There was a dynamic change in the way that the team was playing. And obviously if the, if the strike doesn't happen, the year of the strike, the Yankees and the Expos were, I think neck and neck for best record. They had a damn good team. They had a damn good team. And I actually think that was Mattingly's best opportunity to win a World Series, and it and it got the rug got pulled out from underneath him as well. Um, but you know the shift in the dynamic, I think, changed pretty quickly when when O'Neill got there. Yeah, he yeah. They talked about how he had a championship with Cincinnati, so he had that experience that he came over. Um, I believe it's also been talked about how Lou Pinella actually like. Helped orchestrate the trade. He knew O'Neill would work in New York, and that that's like a thing we've talked about a million times, right? Like the Yankees have traded for guys that can't play, can't handle New York. Uh Pinella, who obviously played in New York, won in New York, knew O'Neill could handle New York. That's a huge thing. Did Jarek? Did did Jeter? Did Derek Jeter know that John Carlos Stanton could handle New York? I don't think Derek Jeter gave a shit. Well, he could. I mean, he can. He can handle it. Yeah, yeah, I think Giancarlo can handle New York. I I, I think he can. I think – I don't I, – that's not the issue with Giancarlo. It's no, so injuries Derek is that. obviously yeah. the issues. Derek knew that. Yeah. When Derek wasn't there, you uh, – I know Logan was taking bets, seeing if Jeter was going to show up for O'Neill Day. I knew he wasn't going to show up for O'Neill Day because no. he's already got a day coming up this year. He's not going to Yankee Stadium twice. Come on. Yeah. Did You could watch the captain. You, you, <laughs> if Brian Cashman's there, no. Um, So they did go to five World Series with Roger Maris. They won two of them, lost three. They also went to five World Series with Paul O'Neill. Won four of them, lost one. So, ipso facto, Paul O'Neill. Ipso facto, two (laughs) (laughs) championships. Also a right fielder. All right, let's talk about Boone, who uh, we do have some audio. So, Logan, let's play the audio, and then, Scott, you and I can react to everything that Boone said
0: this weekend. This is uh, six series losses in a row. Which is a first for the Yankees since 1985. Uh, when, when you hear that, what goes through your mind? I know you know it's a, a
3: rough stretch. It just no crap. I mean, you. We can ask all these questions in regards. We've answered them until we're blue in the face. We got to go out and do it. I got to quit answering these questions about this state and this perplexion, and we got to play better. Period. We and the and the great thing is it's. Right in front of us it's right here and we can fix it it's right here it's there and we can we can run away with this thing and we got the dudes in there to do it we got to do it you know we, we if we don't score tough to win and i'll answer these same questions am i perplexed what's yeah i am we got to do better and you know the good thing is 1985. I'm not sure how that season ended for the Yankees. Uh, probably second or third place. Um, the good thing is we are in first place, and we we got we got the pen. Reggie tells me all the time, we got the pen. We get to write the script the rest of the way. No one no one else can get in our way if we go play our game, and that's what we got to do. But we gotta you know we gotta stop talking about it. You know we got to go do it.
1: So Boone was fired up, smacking the table, showing everyone he's mad. How do you how do you illustrate to people that you're mad? You smack the table. Yeah, it right? doesn't. That's that's not it. You got it's a card table. That thing vibrates and like bounces. Right. right, right. Microphone, knocks microphone over. Microphone knocks, knocks over, all, sorts of, all sorts of yeah. noises. It sounds so much worse. Um, it felt very contrived to me. Listen, I'm not saying he's not angry that the Yankees are struggling so badly. He's he's gotta be angry. I know he's frustrated. The players are frustrated. But we've learned over the past four years that's not Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone is not a get mad type of guy. He's a stay of the course type of guy. He's a positive, glass half full type of guy. So that little show of frustration, that's not Aaron Boone. Okay. So I, I just didn't buy it. I thought it was completely contrived. And and why do you think why do you think he, he doesn't get frustrated? The guy gets frustrated. We see it all the time. He gets he gets he gets in his like emotions. And then gets frustrated, and then and then has these like little outbursts. Yeah. He he's done this in yeah, the past. Right. This is at umpires. Like I'm not going to say this strike me. zone and stuff like that. Uh, not not about like the team play in the long haul because he's 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 brainwashed into thinking. That, oh, no, no, long haul is we've got the players on the field. They're going to come through back to the baseball card type mentality. Yeah, but I it's, do been not... a month, it's been a month plus. I know it's been so, a month. asking asking the same questions, answering the same questions, which is exactly what has to happen at this point. Yeah, I, did did he – do I think that he went into that press conference not knowing that he was going to do something? No, he definitely was going into, into that press conference for, with a purpose. There's no doubt, but – I mean, the, he 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 definitely is frustrated, and, I, and you could see the frustration. You could hear it. I you, could hear it you could he, hear it too. He could hear it. He has to. It, be the microphone passed. Uh, do you do you think that he's <sighs> slamming stuff in the clubhouse, or is he? I think Tom he's. I think cool no. I think he's got. I think he's got a a little a boil over in the clubhouse. I think he does. I think he's got a boil over in the clubhouse. So, yeah, I I don't think it happens often, but I think that unless uh he, this th- he's an emotional guy. Right, you agree with that? He's an emotional guy. There's no doubt about it. He he wears he does wear his uh, emotions on his sleeve when he's out in the field. He he does. So I think that when he's in the clubhouse, it's a different mentality. He's talking to the guys. It's different. It's baseball. It's not in the media. And yeah, I think he probably had a moment. I don't think it was long. I don't think it's a sustained thing. I don't think he's screaming and and like you know belittling people at their locker as they're as he's walking around <laughs> like you 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 can't make contact you. You don't, you double clutch when you throw you, but he's not going around doing that. He's, but <laughs> he's roasting people. <laughs> yeah. Just He's not, he's not holding a roast in the clubhouse. Yeah. But he's, uh, but I think that the, the frustration does boil over, but I think, you, you know, again, he's trying to send some messages throughout whether you see it or not, whether it means anything or not players, players meeting happened after, you know, maybe it did exactly what it needed to do, but he's not wrong. The players have to play. The players no, have to play. You I'm can't score. He... You can't not score runs, and oh, and I said that. attempt to win games, right? But that's he, that's what he's saying. So his frustration and the things that he's saying, as much as anybody wants to crush Boone, it's not him. He's there's nothing he could do to help. I mean, there's the small bat. things like still in game decisions. Like I, I like in game decisions doesn't help score one to two runs over a large amount it of time. Does. It, it helps you win or lose games especially close games which they're obviously playing because they're not hitting like the the first inning on Sunday he did a hit, a hit and run with uh with um Rizzo and DJ I like that there were opportunities on Saturday especially in the first inning first and second one out with Rizzo up to do something like that he didn't and the Yankees didn't get any runs and then in the second inning they had a, a run on the Florial single and then first and second with one out and DJ up. They didn't do anything. DJ struck out, Benintendi ground out. Fourth inning. First, first and, and second third. First and second with DJ up, with one out. What do you want them doing? You want them what? Please tell me what you want them doing at that point. You want them hitting and running with a guy on second base? No, probably not in that with situation. DJ up, I'm the just guy saying they're the missing opportunities. The exactly. You got a guy who can handle the bat the most. Okay, hit the ball. That's when you do something. That's when you make a play. When you, you put a play on like they did yesterday. No, it, you, you have a runner on first and second or with, with DJ up. I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, probably not in the first and second situation, no. but in some of these other situations, you could. Okay, we could go all through and say, oh, he should have done this, should have done that, at, 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 like small moments of the game. But I, I don't know. I think that's a fruitless effort to to go through and do that. When you look at it's what not his fault doing, that they're scoring two runs, They can not score. It's his fault they can't hit the ball when they need to hit the ball. I know. I'm not saying it's Boone's fault they're scoring two runs a game. That, that's asinine, okay? I'm just saying there's small moments in games that he's not helping the situation. And also, yesterday, when the Blue Jays tied the game, I thought he got outmanaged in the seventh inning. So Lelizka's pitching, and uh, Bichette gets a leadoff single. Chapman's uh, forced out. Merrifield walks, and then Schneider, for the, the Blue Jays manager, pinch hits Biggio for Espinal. And Boone immediately goes to the lefty Peralta, and then Schneider immediately brings in Springer who who gets a single loads the bases and then Bradley Jr walks. I don't know how you didn't see this coming from a mile away if you're if you're This is accurate. the second like time this had, happened in the last month uh with him getting just toasted on the the switch the double the double pinch hitter cuz you make a pitching change. It's like so the the alternative here is you fit, have Loisica face Biggio, which I will pick every day of the week because I rather No, have that's sp- not it because Logan. because uh Biggio was never actually going to bat. It was Belizego versus whoever Biggio was pitch hitting for. Espinal. Okay, fine. I'd rather have Espinal or Biggio hitting than have Springer hitting. Biggio was never gonna hit. That Biggio was just a pawn in this whole thing. He was just uh they were essentially here, you go up there, show your face, you're you're not in the game. Don't act like you're in the game, barely take swings because you're not gonna be in the game. Um yeah, George Springer was he was in the was in the is in the tunnel taking swings the entire time Biggio was up there. So sure. Yeah, no, he got he got played on that. There's no doubt. And then and then Springer got on. So it didn't matter because Ben intended to hit the homer and Trevino closed out the game. So they, they won the game, but that could have obviously been costly, especially if they don't get out of that with the score tied. Like because they get out of that and the, the Blue Jays get a, another run or two, and then that, that might be, you know, that might be ball game. So anyway, I, I like we've seen Boone. Boone's that seems like the type of manager that when things are going well, everything's roses and sunshine. And then we have not seen this team respond in times of adversity to Aaron Boone this year and in past years. And and that's, to me, a glaring issue. Is that, yeah, when the team's winning 70% of the games and the starting pitching pitches, six shutout innings every night, Boone looks like a genius. Like, yeah. Every manager looks like a genius. All three of us could manage the game in that situation when, when things are going that well. The things that we were looking at in those in those moments too, because we were looking for things to, to either praise him on or, or not praise him on during those moments, because you understand when the players are playing as well as they are, management basically just has to not screw it up. But when you look at what he was doing early in the year, he was, he was letting guys go further. Were they pitching well? Did they earn that trust? Yes, they did. But he also allowed that to happen. Didn't pull them after the third time through the rotation just because. So they they relaxed on on some of the things that they had been doing for the past few years with the analytics and and making sure that the guys were um, able to be stretched even further on the pitching side. And it and to me, I think it was a a it it bared fruits. It was a good thing to do. Of course, now the team has been. I heard yesterday on the broadcast the last month worst team in baseball. That's crazy. Worst team in baseball. So when you are the worst team in baseball after you were quote, uh, went on pace to win 120 games wherever the hell it was at the peak what happened what what went down between that and this it, on paper you got better at the deadline right you got better how yep. how is this team so bad it it's it's mind boggling and when when boone's like i'm searching for reasons like yeah Any manager in that moment would be looking for reasons because for whatever purpose this team is not doing their job between the lines. Change the lineup as much as you want. Double switch as much as you want. Hit and run. Score some runs, guys. Logan. I think I might have an answer.
2: So I was thinking about it, and you know me. I'm a very optimistic Yankee fan. But what did they do the whole first three months of the season? Fell behind, came back one. Now they're falling behind, not coming back. We, we kept saying that that fall behind thing was not sustainable. They kept falling behind. They continue to fall behind. They're not hitting at all now, I understand. But that level of 750 baseball was kind of a thing because they were able to come back so much. And now they're not coming back at all.
1: Yeah, but they, I mean, they, they, they had a lot behind. of comeback wins. It's not like every game that they won was a comeback win in the first Two and a half they had the bounces. most comebacks in baseball. They had because they had the most wins in baseball. So you're naturally yes, going to have the most comebacks in baseball. Like, and also a comeback. Stupidly, I think it could be you fell behind one nothing in the first inning, and then you won the game seven to one. That's a comeback. It's like, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, no, I understand,
2: but but you still came back. They you still they were did. behind at some point. You're not scoring first, not scoring early.
1: And they were they were able to come back because the offense was averaging five runs a game. The starting pitching, even if it did fall behind, was still going six plus innings and only right. giving up pitching to like a three sub three. No, ERA. I agree. I, everything so, boils down to this team not scoring runs. That's it. Like it, 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 it's as simple as this. It's as simple as the guys are not executing at the plate. Like bottom line, that if the, if, Logan, if they were if scoring we're, five runs a game, if they were averaging that in the second half, we would not be talking about this this team struggling the way they are. Well, they don't. Uh, score. They did. They still did average like close to five runs a game, I believe, in July, and they still were under five hundred in July. Well, the the pitching, pitching staff was especially bad in July, and the pitching staff has come. The around pitching staff in righted itself. The offense has not necessarily right. righted itself, and there because were some big they were, been spikes in those out. games too. If you're, we, we, we called out a couple there, there of were, big yep, There was like that Pittsburgh game, the two Boston games yeah. that kind of skewed things. So the offense was inconsistent, but still light years better than it's been in August, which they've been shut out five times already, you know, in the, in the month, the most shutouts in baseball. But it, I agree, Logan, comebacks are not sustainable. But again, I go back to, it's like a comeback can be two different things. You came back from one nothing in the first inning, or you came back from 3 nothing down in the seventh inning, right? Like coming back late innings is not going to be sustainable. Eventually, you're not going to get to the other team's bullpens. So if we go dive into the into the wins and find out that they had like 10 of those victories, then okay, fine. But I, I don't know, from just like my recollection of watching this team, I don't feel like they had a crazy amount of of those types of comebacks. I, I, late I and guess close I comebacks. Yeah, late and close come- I mean, certainly there's a few that we recall that we talked about as like the best games of the month, right? Like the Toronto games, obviously those Houston wins when they were being no hit. Or the uh, even the Cleveland game when they had the um, what's his face the the um, drawing a blank on his name fought with the, the fan kid in, in the in, uh, in, yeah. in the outfield yeah so um Miles Straw game I believe uh so like certainly those types of things um like there's those huge wins but I don't feel like that was happening three times a week but uh, I guess
2: I no I I agree with you I mean I I. You know, I look back on this streak and I really look at it as August first when they started that home series against Seattle. That's when it really started where they, they they couldn't buy a win. And you just look at like some like some of the like losses, like they lost, you know, four three in, in St. Louis. They lost one nothing in St. Louis. These are games that they eat not easily, but they do win early in the year. They figure out a way. They lost one nothing in Seattle, that thirteen inning game. They lost four three in Seattle, another game that close didn't win. They all the close games, the one run games that they were winning. Maybe best record, one run games. It was kind of a market correction in the complete opposite direction. They couldn't, they can't win a one run game right now.
1: Yeah, and and even when they did have narrow leads, both the their bullpen was was faltering. It's again, it's like they were finding ways to lose these games. And when the margin of error is so thin, because your offense is not going to be scoring runs, that, that that's what happens. And, and I kind of felt. Like, so the, when did uh, Saturday, right? So it was the Saturday game that- um, I'm going to, hold on real that, quick while you're looking that up. I'm going to pull a quote from, uh, it's not a direct quote, but it's uh, it's it's close enough. Uh, from Sunday when uh, Jorge Posada was on the broadcast talking about O'Neill, talking about the team, talking about the things. Jorge says, this is good for the team. This is all very good for the team. This is, I'm glad they're going through this. This is good for the team. Hold on. And, and the reason why is because they can gel, they can, they can bond, they can go through adversity and become better because of it and look around and, and, and rely on each other and lean on each other and get through these tough times so that they can come out and blow the division out of the water down the stretch. They are going through this because they need to. They need to be battle tested. They need to know what it's like to be this bad and to get booed and scrutinized and, and and just beaten down in the in the gutter and just called the worst. What, what a bunch of losers these guys are. This is good for them. This is what Jorge says. At what point is it no longer good? And the stri- the streak, the bad streak has been going on too long. Because I feel like we're nearing that point. The division. When the division. So before yesterday, I'm like, my God. This division. If they lost yesterday, the the it's like it's we're talking about some. It was it was a, the right in now, the a uh, loss column. I think after Saturday, right. Right now, it's they're eight up on both Tampa and Toronto. That's a huge difference s- from six, but it's still yeah yeah. It, it would have been six with six to play against Toronto. Yeah, and they they are now eight with six to play, and then eight with um. Oh, excuse me. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's uh, three more to play with Toronto, six more to play with Tampa, but it would have been six games up. The tiebreaker was settled yesterday difference. though f- with Toronto in yeah. case there was one. It's a lot different being eight up. But again, like you continue to play 300 baseball for another 2 weeks, it, it could be 5 games with a month to play and it's like okay, well then it doesn't matter how many games left you have to play. You can blow a 5 game lead in a month? Oh, easily. It's been done before. You can especially when you're reeling, you're going like this. But that's 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 it. Like they, they I, you know Yesterday, when you go into that game, understanding that if you lose this game to Manoa, you get swept by the Blue Jays, and it's the division is down to six games after the lead that they've had, gotta wake up. Like you have no choice but to wake up at that point. So, so you're saying they are woke? They're woke. They're woke.
0: Big time woke. They're woke. Okay. Big time woke. Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: I want to talk about Garrett Cole. And I think it was Kay on the broadcast on Saturday, like kind of defending Cole saying, "Well, he he didn't pitch poorly, it's just the offense isn't scoring any runs. And once again with Cole, it, it's it's a it's a massive inning, a backbreaking inning from him. It was the it was the 5th inning on Saturday and he hadn't even allowed a hit to that point, but in that inning, a walk and five hits including three doubles in the inning, and it would have been a lot worse if Vlad didn't run through a stop sign at third base, okay? Could have been worse. I I'm I've almost completely lost faith in Garrett Cole." yeah the oh man the amount of people that are going to um the the future met the metrics that 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 can tell you if he's pitching well or not and that that still look good for garrett cole i understand that his metrics can look good they will look good but optics when i'm watching this dude go out there and he gave up the, the no hitter once the no hitter was given up it's like boom 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 the guy has this inning almost every time, it seems like. It's a problem. It's a problem. This one inning is a problem that this man has. And he's got to figure out how to not have this inning. Because all of those other metrics and all of those other stats and the five other innings that he pitched or six other innings that he pitched, if he throws seven or throws six and has that one bad inning, that's all I care about is that one. You, That's it. I don't give a, I don't give a flying F about the rest of it. Because if you have that last, that one inning that's bad and everything else around you says you were good, but you weren't, you didn't finish the job. You got to finish the job on that given day. Bottom line, that's it. It's like, you can't tell me all of these other metrics because they don't matter. If he sprinkled in five runs across all of them and his metrics look bad, would that be better? No, it wouldn't be. He gave up. When he has he a four three to four inning. run inning, it, it it to me it eliminates the rest of the good stats on that on that stuff. Oh, of course it does. Of course it does. Now, it's unfair to say, here's your one-nothing lead, Garrett, go pitch six shutout innings. That's completely unfair. But but is it it's actually also, not that unfair to Garrett Cole? Because I you know, I had a tweet that I didn't send, I thought I did, but I didn't send it. It's in draft still. On this like today, I was I wrote Garrett Cole needs to put up zeros put up zeros. And the Yankees need to figure out a way to get a run across. And if the game is one nothing, they need to win that game. Then Garrett Cole needs to be the stopper. He needs to be that guy. He needs to be that guy. He's not that guy. He's He's not not that that guy guy, though. Nestor's that guy, but he's not that guy. And he needs to be the ace that you could depend on. You know, this man's going to go up and throw zero. Roger Clemens would throw zeros, zeros, Yeah, yeah. There's pitchers throughout history. There's pitchers in today's game that you get them a one nothing lead when your team is struggling this badly. They're not going to give up a run. Garrett Cole is not that guy, and that's what I mean when I've lost faith in him. I, I no longer I am no longer holding out hope he's going to be the nut up balls ace that we are that the Yankees I, we that the Yankees are paying him to be. He's not. He's not that pitcher. He's not. We've seen it. He's not that guy. He's not that personality. He he's a fake tough guy which is what Alec Manoa called him out to be, a fake tough guy. Uh, Yeah, yeah. you come out barking like, uh, you know, head chin up uh, after Judge gets hits. You're not going to walk past the Audi sign. I know you're not going to walk past the Audi sign. And if Cole did walk past the Audi sign, Manoa's going to body him, and he knows it. Fats. No,
2: um, you know, do what you want with this information, but just looking, Garrett Cole hasn't given up a run. Like, he hasn't given up a run in two separate innings in a start since July 23rd against the Orioles. Okay, so every start the since end? then. No, it's it's insane though because it that's like he it's weird because how do you like rationalize that? Like, is that a he's giving up... okay, is
1: that a fluke or a trend?
2: I, I, I don't know. Can you say that how many starts again? Say that stat again. He hasn't he hasn't given up like a run in multiple innings since July twenty third. Exactly it's a month. Every start it's, so since he has July one year, of he's had
1: one bad inning. And five starts in a row. Five starts in a row, it's one bad inning. And is it how many runs can you get each time how many runs it was yep. in each of those? So minutes?
2: yesterday it was four. Then against Tampa it was one, so that's not a blow-up inning. Mm-hmm. Against Seattle it was zero. He went seven shutout, so that's good. And then yep. uh, at home against Seattle it was that six-run first inning. And then before that it was Kansas City. He gave up five that in that okay. in that inning.
1: So there's been two good starts sprinkled into those five starts and then three with the blow-up innings. What, what's going to happen in game one of the playoffs? Are you going to get the six innings and the one time he gives up a run in the game, it's just going to be a solo shot or something like that? Fine. Or is he going to give up five runs in the fourth inning? Like, who are we getting? If Garrett Cole's giving up, if you if you were listening to the the um, the, K, the K-Rod cast when Clemens came on, again, must-see TV when, God, when you're listening you are, to that. I know, I'm say. obsessed. The, the, but listening to him talk pitching is like, it's like, uh, it's like porn for me. I love, I love it. It's, it's, I can't get enough. So the, um, not that I can't get enough porn, anymore, <laughs> but I was going to let that one, hang. but, um, you know, he's talking about uh, power pitchers, give it up home runs. Verlander was, you know, was, uh, a few years back when he was, I think when he was Cy Young gave up the most home runs in baseball. If I remember correctly, yeah. was, he was up I think there. He led the league, yep. but they're solo shots they solo shots. Clemens talked about the same thing. Solo shots. If you're attacking a guy and you're giving up home runs when there's no runners on, fine. You can let that. You can let that happen. But you can't get snake bit with two, uh, one, two, three runners on. You just can't get snake bit that way as that guy, as that pitcher. You cannot. You need. You can pitch to contact when there's nobody on base. And if you give up a home run and someone beats you to the ball, so be it. That, but that's the way they pitch. You have to pitch differently with runners on you could not be given up those big innings as as the the number one dude you cannot and he does and he's susceptible to it and unfortunately Tyone who's not in that same spot is a similar is a similar prototype yeah yeah i mean so Cole, Cole in his last 4 games is pitching to a 3.96 ERA again it's 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 not it's not awful it's just not what we need Cole to be it's not what we think Cole can be what he should be the one pitcher obviously uh, of the five that has been horrendous is Frankie Montes and he's he's had another bad outing on Thursday give up five runs in the second inning that's the second time he's given up five runs in the second inning in his three starts with the Yankees uh, I don't know this is still only three starts it was it was six in six innings and six runs allowed but it's a really bad start for Montes you know I know he was coming back from an injury in, in Oakland, and and I really really hope that we don't find out later that this guy is still hurt and we got damaged goods coming in here. Um, I mean, I know he's being built cleared. back up. I know he's cleared. Uh, all all obviously they 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 did their their homework and they, they they did their CSI on making sure that this guy was healthy. But I don't know what to tell you. He's not. He doesn't look like the same dude that that was uh, putting up the numbers in in Oakland pre injury. He just doesn't look like that guy. And I understand he's being. You know built back up, so maybe this is part of it. this is a little bit of a spring training uh situation for him new new atmosphere all of this is a perfect storm and and he's gonna he's going shove for the next month. I hope so, but we need to see that because he ain't lined up there as a the number two guy uh, in the playoffs as as we all in thought he was going to be and as he was intended for he ain't going to line up guy there. Garrett Cole's the number two guy <laughs> okay that's true nesser nesser's our guy now. I mean, I'm not 100% kidding here. You've got a Game Five, winner go home. Game Seven, winner go home. I know, like it's going to be Garrett Cole if he's on any sort of regular rest, but I think I might rather have Nestor I think I might know more what I'm getting out of Nestor Cortez in that situation than out of Garrett Cole. Yeah, Garrett Cole could pitch seven shutout innings. Nestor Cortez has the lowest ERA, as starting pitchers over the past year. In in, either just, in baseball or in AL, I was I, again stat from the broadcast here, but like the guy is, I, uh, this is not a small sample size any longer. This is this is Nestor Cortez is a very pants. good pitcher. He's not going to poop his pants out there and, and and get give up five runs in an inning in a in a big start. And I don't and think if he does, you won't tell because it's part of his deception. Poop the pants, you know, in the in in the middle of his mechanics, you might not know. It might might be part of the. The smoke and mirrors that he's given and throwing everybody it might be just part of it. it. Might be like the bloody sock. So, so, so the Mets, Mets coming across town, and uh, looks like Yankees are going to be facing Scherzer, and Degrom. So perfect time to face Scherzer and Degrom. When these are the OPSs in the Yankees lineup over the past, you know, two weeks, 649 from Rizzo, 476 from Torres, 505 from Donaldson, 325 from Aaron Hicks. That's an OPS, not a batting average, not even an on. He just just needs to stop being in the conversation. Harrison Harrison Bader, whoever you are, hurry up. (laughs) Judge, 267 OPS. I know he's been struggling, but holy shit, I didn't realize it was that bad. He's not even getting on base. Because the man um, can't get a pitch. The man can't get a pitch over the plate. Nobody respects anybody else in the lineup. DJ had the two hits yesterday, but before that, 328 OPS. Benintendi, the big game, but before that, 609 OPS. And then IKF, a 604 OPS. So, yeah, that is the juggernaut lineup going up against two of the baddest motherfuckers on the face of the earth when it comes to starting pitching, Max Scherzer and, and Jacob deGrom. Uh, if you're betting on the game, pound the under. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. They bring the excitement of the win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $50. To uh, win 200 using code X Blue Wire. Rough that they got to face Scherzer and Degrom this week, Scott. Half glass full. Here we go. (laughs) Okay, you got Manoa, you got Degrom, you got Scherzer or Scherzer Degrom. Hopefully, you know if we see this, uh, I know that they're 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 um, possibly throwing Taiwan Walker in there to to give Degrom an extra day. Frankly, if I'm the Mets, I'm shoving. I'm definitely 1,000% going Scherzer and DeGrom against the Yankees. Uh, if if it, for no reason just to do it because it's the Yankees cross town, I, I fully expect that to happen. Um, but again, glass half full. Manoa, good pitcher. I know, but struggling recently. Got to, won that game. Let's now like Got, got, okay, you won. <laughs> you won the game. Now, now going up against, uh, you know, Scherzer, DeGrom, Does it really matter? They can't score runs against shitty pitchers. Might as well, might as well. You could have a pitching machine out there, and they're not scoring runs. So they're going out. You give me some pressure situation. Give me a little bit of a different feel. Maybe that will help spark it. You get through the. You get through this if you win two of three. You split. Hey, now you're looking back. You were like, guess what, boys? We just got through the. We just got through the gauntlet. Now let's go kick some ass for the rest of the season. Going on the West Coast, you got some. uh, You got some inferior opponents that you can. Toy around just like bat, but you know, like batting like a big bear batting around a bunny, no problem. Get through these games. Use these as as line in the sand for your offense, getting back on track and dominating and beating these two bit, you know, of the of the best pitchers in baseball. Nothing but upside. It might be Taiwan Walker instead of Degrom. That's TBD. But I have a hard time believing that Buck Showalter, if he has a chance to sweep the Yankees on the season is not going to pitch Jacob DeGrom at Yankee Stadium. Oh, I, I, it's probably but, a mandate coming down from the front office, to be honest. To your, to your point, yeah, you're facing Scherzer and DeGrom. If you, you I mean, you're not going to hit them, right? You're not going to score eight runs off these guys. They, that Maybe they, they will. They don't do that. But if you scratch runs and you have good at-bats and you, you win games against these guys, that can be a motivating factor. Because... If you're facing some scrub and you put up runs, it's like, great, we put up runs. Is that really the offense turning it around, or did you just face a scrub? Where you score three runs off of Max Scherzer, that's better than scoring 10 runs off of a scrub. Oh, a thousand percent. If you win those games, you look at you scored enough runs to beat Scherzer or DeGrom. So whether it directly comes off of them or you you uh, you know you have the game close enough so that you could strike against the the bullpen, all good things. So yeah these these are these are two big games. Mets Mets aside, obviously the Yankees want to beat the Mets. Uh, everybody who's a Yankees fan wants to beat the Mets. Mets very badly want to beat the Yankees and 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 sweep that series. And they're set up to do it with the two pitchers they do. They can. So you know, chip on the shoulder here, chip on the shoulder. Manifest it. Make it. And then they, create it. They go to Live Oakland it. and Anaheim, West Coast swing after oh. after this. I'm gonna be on West Coast time for these for the weekend West Coast games. Although. I'm gonna be at a bachelor party, so you know. I mean you went to a baseball game, so you you saw the baseball game, I did. but when you're at a bachelor party, it's it's a little bit more tough to to follow the games going on. But I'll do my best. Um anything else you wanted to touch on from, from the weekend or any of the O'Neill stuff before we wrap this up? We do have voicemails, which uh, you know, a lot of- the highs and lows over the past week have been enormous. Obviously, the Donaldson walk off, and then even the yesterday's game with Benintendi—like two super high highs—but the rest have just been bottom of the valley lows. Yeah, that's the life. That's the life of a fan, baby. You go up, you go down, and sometimes it's you crash hard, and sometimes you're exploding to the top. So, look, I just—I you know—I want them to to put up some some good at bats against these two big boys coming in and uh, and hopefully they could scratch out enough to win. Two big games up. Two big games. Line in the sand type two big games. games. The guys really gotta get up. Yeah, you gotta I mean you say you gotta win both of these games. That's that seems almost undoable right now. So you split and then you try and just forget about this homestand and you move on to the West Coast, I feel like. When you see those two guys lining up against you, if it does end up being DeGrom, you're you're you you gotta win you go win one of them. Obviously you want to win the first one. Um, so that you're not in the situation where DeGrom's thrown up against you to sweep the series. It's like, that's not a good situation. Yeah. Go after Crazy Eyes. All right. we uh, We're going to have an episode. So I'm going to have Derek from NYY Recaps. I went on his channel a couple of weeks back before the trade deadline. He's going to be on our show on Wednesday. Scott, you are going to be traveling. So TBD, if you're going to be on... Uh, any other episodes later this week, but we definitely will do, uh, there's going to be an episode I'm doing with Derek on Wednesday after the Mets series, and then I'm traveling. So uh, I guess after that, our next episode will be after that Oakland series. We will talk to you guys then.
3: Believe it or not, George, isn't at home Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out or I pick up the phone. Where could I be? <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm not home. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Pinstripers, this is Eric from Syracuse. It's uh, 10 minutes to 4 on Sunday, calling in the uh, bottom of the 6th. I just wanted to, even before the game ends, just wanted to give a shout-out to the true ace of the team, Nestor Cortez, for nutting up today. Unlike Scott's binky there, Cole, who just failed again yesterday in another uh, attempt to be a stopper, Uh, that dude is fucking stealing money. I can't stand his stupid face. Get the fuck out of here, Cole. I'm outside. Let's fucking go. My girlfriend hates me. I watched most of the fucking
1: editing of the game. She's bitching the whole time. Totally fucking worth it. Let's fucking go.
3: Hey, talk about a fucking win, man. Josh Donaldson finally, finally does some shit that I can be proud of sharing the same fucking first thing with him for, man. Thank you, God, that we got a fucking win in a tough situation like that. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Boone can't manage a fucking
2: McDonald's. How the fuck do you have Aaron Hicks come in and pinch hit in the bottom of the ninth in a tie game when you haven't won in four days or five days or however fucking long it's been? What the fuck? I I, I get it. IKS isn't great. You know, he's been below advertised, but, I mean, even that
3: wasn't great, and, holy crap, what the hell. Like Noah in the flood, the rain came, the delayed game, and then the bringer of rain bought the pain. Oh, my God, baby, I can't believe it. It's one win at the end of the day. I know it is one win, but you maintain a double-digit lead, and Josh Donaldson just hit a nuke into the Bronx. Oh my god, I cannot believe it. Chapman tried to give the game away for us and Donaldson wouldn't let it happen. Oh my god. Go Yankees. Still in first place. Got a big series starting tomorrow against the Blue Jays, but my god, is that a is that a turning point if there ever was one? That is the turning point in the World Series DVD, my friends. Woo! It's about fucking time these fucking guys win a game, I was about to call that the worst loss of the year, you know, start going and down the football, basketball season, but no man, I guess it's it's time to, you know, get that spark we needed and, you know, let's win every game out here, keep that AOL East lead and uh, see you guys in October.